In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You just heard this gospel read today that so often is misunderstood. The gospel about the rich young man. And the gospel tells us was a ruler. He was the leader. And he comes to Jesus and he asks him saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Question that we each ought to be asking ourselves every day. What ought I do today to work on my salvation? What ought I do today to walk with the Lord? What ought I to do today to gain eternal life and spend all eternity in the kingdom of heaven, but also to be in God's kingdom here and now on earth? So the young ruler asked Christ that question. And Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? It's an interesting conversation. Our Lord is good. Our Lord is the Son of God, the one who created all the cosmos. But our Lord knows the heart of this ruler, perhaps not because he's ever met him before, but because he is the Son of the living God. And he sees into his heart as our Lord sees into each of our hearts. And he looks at the man and he says, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. And one is capitalized, meaning God the Father. That is God, he says. It's a reminder to the young man to first place his hope in his life and his salvation in God and not in other men. But he looks at him and he says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. We know the answer of this young ruler. He looks at our Lord and he says, but all of those things I have done from my youth. Perhaps yes, perhaps no. I think if every one of us asks ourselves seriously the questions about every one of these commandments, we perhaps have broken every one of them. Listen to them again as our Lord says them. Do not commit adultery. Our Lord says that if you even look at another with lust, you have committed adultery. Perhaps if we stop and think about what we watch and listen to on television and the internet and what we just simply look upon every day, I wonder if we can say to the Lord, we have done all of that from our youth. And he goes on and he says, do not murder. I think most, if not all of us, will say, well, we haven't done that. But there are many ways of murdering another. When we crush others emotionally, we murder their spirit. When we take others away from God, we murder and destroy and kill their salvation and their life and relationship with God. 
when we break relationships, when we turn one person against another, we murder their relationships, and that list can go on and on. And it says, do not steal. How often do we steal from the Lord himself, let alone from one another? The commandment says, the first tenth of all that I have given you belongs to the Lord. Most of us struggle to give a half of a percent to the Lord. The scripture says when you do not fulfill the tithe, you steal from God. But we do even worse. We steal from one another in so many ways. Do not bear false witness. How often to make ourselves look better, we put others down. That is bearing false witness. How many times we say someone else did it when we ourselves did it. It's bearing false witness. How often do we not speak well of others when they work so hard and so well? It's bearing false witness. And that list can go on and on. And the last one he says is honor your father and mother every day, every moment. How many of us can say from my childhood till this day, I have always honored my father and mother. And our Lord looks at the young, young man knowing very well what is in his heart and his mind as he knows what's in our heart and in our mind. And so it's the scripture says, so when the Lord heard these things, interesting expression, when the Lord heard these things as though the man had just justified himself before God and that he was worthy of salvation. Our Lord says to him, you are still lacking one thing. Our Lord deeply knows this man. He says to him, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. The gospel says, but when he heard this, this young ruler, when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was rich. Our Lord goes on to say how difficult it is for those who have treasures or who are rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Our Lord did not say those who are rich cannot enter the kingdom. And our Lord never said that those who are wealthy and rich are not good and are not worthy of salvation. We all misinterpret this text because you and I are with this young ruler. We all have great riches and possessions, whether we have a lot of money or not. There are things that we have made into God which are not God. There are things that are so important to us that we put them before God. Whether it's money or houses or cars or, or joyful things that we do or going places or the like, we put many things before God. This is what our Lord was speaking about, that God must come first and our relationship must come first with God. All else follows that. 
Being rich is a gift from God. If you remember when St. Paul speaks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of them is wealth. Not every one of us is given every gift of the Holy Spirit, but we are given gifts of the Holy Spirit so that each of us may be dependent upon one another and help one another. The wealthy were given wealth that they might use it for good, not for themselves. St. John Chrysostom says to the rich, the poor are given to you as a means of salvation, meaning that all the wealth and money you have is meant not for you, but for them. And it's given to you so that you may do good. All of us in this church are wealthy in many, many ways. Maybe not with dollars, but we're wealthy in many ways. And then our Lord says that expression to those after he saw how sad the young man was because his possessions were more meaningful and more important to him than God. And our Lord said, as you heard me say earlier, and when he saw how sorrowful, sorrowful he was, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, who then can be saved? Because they know, they understood what our Lord was speaking about. They knew that it applied to every one of them. And they said, who then can be saved? And our Lord says this beautiful expression which leads into today's epistle reading. What is impossible for men is possible with God. The epistle that you heard today says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were lost in our riches, even when we put God second or third or fourth or fifth or last, God still loves us. And Christ says, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And our Lord reminds us, as St. Paul does in the letter to the Ephesians, by grace you were saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. St. Paul reminds us, tying in with this rich man today, none of us gain salvation because we have earned it. None of us gain salvation because we are worthy. None of us gain salvation because we are better than the other. We gain our salvation by love, by grace, by caring, by loving one another and having mercy and compassion and by our good works, but we never earn it. Salvation comes as a gift from God himself because of his love for us 
despite who and what we are. Every day and every moment, we ought to have a heart that is full with thankfulness, a heart that understands how broken it is, a heart that understands that God loves us and therefore calls us to love one another. Every gift he has given to us is not for us. It is so that we may do good for the other without strings, without giving and saying, see what I did for you, without giving and saying, now I control you and I own you. But no, a free gift, as God freely gives us salvation without strings, as God gives us salvation without expecting back, but simply that when he loves us, he expects us to love. May God give us the strength and the wisdom and the courage to have an open heart to look inward and to see precisely who and what we are so that we might be thankful that God still loves us and still showers his grace upon us and still gifts us with salvation. Amen.